Welcome to Curious and Candid, conversations with those in pursuit of more. Today's guest is Jenna Bradshaw. Jenna, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome, Jenna. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of getting into your uh, backstory and learning a little bit more about you. But before we get to that point, um, I've got some questions I like to call the conversational starter questions just to kind of get the conversational ball rolling, so to speak. So uh, the first question I'd like to know is how do you start your day? Is there any specific routine or ritual you like to stick to on most mornings and on um, and on most days? Most definitely. I have a morning ritual every single morning. I meditate and have been meditating for the last eight years every single day and every single morning of my life. Um, I think it sets you up for success. Um, so basically what I'll do is I'll wake up. Every morning is a little bit different, but basically the gist of it is I'll wake up and I'll just say all the things that I'm grateful for. And then what I'll do is I'll go into a little bit of like breath work in combination with meditation. So whether I'm either bringing myself through the meditation or I'm listening to a guided meditation, I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, in the beginning when I first really got into like meditation and breath work, I was listening to guided. But now that I've been on this journey for quite a long time, I kind of wake up and and I'm able to listen to what my body kind of needs in that moment you know, it also depends on how my morning's going, right? Do I have a little bit of extra time? How long is my meditation and breath work? Um, and that's pretty much the gist of it, right? It'll range from anywhere between three minutes to 30 minutes. It kind of depends. Um, and then, you know, sometimes depending on how I'm feeling and how the day is going to go, I'll either go read, research, or go right into exercise. And that pretty much sets me up for my day. Okay. Now in terms of the meditation, because, uh, you know, I've been podcasting for almost five years and a lot of people start their day or, um, at some point in their day implement or have implemented meditation. Mm -hmm. So you said that when you kind of started, uh, this meditation practice, it was more guided. Um, if somebody is wanting to kind of like get into meditation, right. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest or, uh, where would you suggest that they kind of start with this? Because um, there's a lot of successful people that implement meditation. And uh, I think that uh, there's going to be more and more people that are going to kind of start moving towards meditation just because our world is so upside down and, and it's not going to probably get any better anytime soon. So where can somebody start if they want to start meditating? Yeah. So I would say start with the breath. The It, it is a form of meditation. Start with the breath, do some nasal breathing, nice, slow, deep breath in through the nose, filling up the belly, big exhale out. Do that for, you know, three minutes and just feel into your body so you can connect back to the body. And I, you know, it's true. 1% of the most successful people all have a morning routine and ritual. And most of them say meditation and the reason being in the morning is because your brain wave frequencies are the slowest and most impressionable, which gives you access to your subconscious mind, which is 95% of your programming of your daily habits. So if you want to change something, start with a morning routine. 
And again, you can just start with breath work. Just start breathing. That's the best way to go. And then you can, you know, if you want to get a little bit um, deeper into your meditations, um, if you're just starting out, um, I have a bunch of meditations. You can go on um, Insight Timer. You can go on YouTube. You can listen to so many different um, platforms that that host like free meditation. So that that's a, a direction that, you know, you can go in. Excellent. Love it. Okay. Now uh, I would like to know what's your favorite book or the book that you like to gift most often. And then also if you are a podcast type person or a podcast listener, do you kind of have a favorite or go-to podcast? Mm, okay. So I'm kind of the person that bridges the gap between science and spirituality. So <laughs> I go like both directions. I, I'm going to be a little biased. I do always like to gift people my book, A Survivor Story, especially those who are going through cancer and, and we'll get into my story and my journey. But um, I would say I, lo I love to gift people my book. And then my favorite book, I would say... The Journey of the Spiritual Warrior by Dan Millman. It was such a game-changing book to read, especially for those who are really starting out on like their spiritual journey. Um, it kind of depends on like where you're at, but I think that was just like such a mind-blowing uh, book. It just really got me thinking. I'm like, oh, wow, there's like so much more out there that we're just so closed off to. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, okay. Before I ask you about that book that you just mentioned is, as your being your favorite, do you have a favorite podcast or one that you like to listen to most often, or are you not much of a podcast person? I love podcasts. I, I also podcast myself. Um, I would say my favorite go-to right now is, mm, okay. So I have two. Okay. I would say Dear Gabby with uh, Gabby Bernstein. And then I would say Andrew Huberman, the Huberman podcast, because again, like I said, I like to merge between the science and spirituality. I think, you know, depending on where you're at in life, what you want to learn, again, you have all these peaks and valleys of your learning. Um, but when you get to a certain point, you're like, oh, I can kind of simultaneously listen to both kinds of conversations and be like, oh, this is really fascinating. And you can connect the two, which I find is most impressionable on somebody's journey and life. Yeah. Okay. Now let's go back to that book. Uh, I want you uh, to kind of just from your personal uh, experiences, uh, Jenna, talk to us a little bit about spirituality because that word is very, uh, I'm just going to say probably like cliche. It's very like open-ended in the terms of like, um, you know, spirituality for you is probably going to be something different than it is for me. Uh, and there's a lot of different beliefs. There's a lot of different directions that people go with quote unquote spirituality. So for you, what does that word mean? What does that practice look like? And how did that book specifically kind of open you up to kind of like what you said, like there's so much more to this life than what we kind of know or, or see in the physical realm, so to speak? Yeah. Well, um, let's start with the book. So the book is really for anyone who is just starting out um kind of kind of having this feeling of like there's more out there and it was 
<clears throat> I, I don't remember the specific genre. I'm not sure. But to me, it's like a uh, prescriptive memoir, I guess you could say, where he is talking about his own journey going through his quote unquote spiritual awakening, which I'll get into. Um, and through that journey, he kind of just listened he, to his intuition and was guided to all these different places. And it's the evolution of himself, the evolution of his most highest, best self and how he can show up and also help other people in the process, learning more about yourself. So that kind of that book is really great for anyone who's just starting out. Now, spirituality, right, is going to be different for everyone. However, spirituality is totally different from religion. Religion was made by the people for the people. Spirituality is innate within each and every single one of us. It is our soulful self. It is this spark of life and light that's within us that helps us to fulfill our soul's mission and purpose. Like, why are we here on this earth? What are you meant to do here, right? So my mission and purpose is going to be different than your mission and purpose. However, the similar message and the similar undertone is how can we help people? <laughs> it's going to look different the way that we do it, but it's like, how are we going to be able to help people kind of shine their brightest light. And yeah, we are in tough times, but also it's a great time to live right now. And you can do so many things. You can do whatever you yeah. set your mind to. <laughs> Literally whatever. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 just kind of like, um, you know, touching on what you just said, like even like with the, the podcast, you said that you have a podcast and let's talk about that here in a quick second. But, you know, even like, for me, like I just reach out to people through Instagram. That's kind of how I've done it the entire time. People, you know, that I don't know, just like you send you a random DM. You just be professional. And they're like, yeah, let's, 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 let's do a podcast. Right. And for me, I love it because it's like, it's a great way to connect with other humans that there's no other way that our paths would cross except for, uh, you know, this medium of podcasting. Right. Um, so it's a great way to connect. It's a great way to meet new people and, you know, however many years ago, this wasn't even a medium that existed. It wasn't even a, a possibility. And then, you know, you've got the internet and computers and all that. So um, I, I do, I, I agree with you. It, it is um, some crazy times we're living in, but also uh, some great times. And I think it's kind of maybe your perspective of, of where we're at. So love that. Now, um, your podcast, uh, what's the name of it? What's it all about? And uh, how long have you personally, uh, Jenna, been podcasting? Yeah. So <clears throat> personally, I've been podcasting since like 2018, 2019. And much like your story where I started off doing a podcast and then it kind of evolved into another podcast. And now I'm where I'm at, which is called Holistic Human Performance. Um, and I was co-hosting with other people. And, you know, it's just the evolution of kind of where I've been. And again, we'll go into this of how I kind of landed into where I'm at today. It's really cool to see those breadcrumbs, right? And it was practice. It was practice to where I'm at today. Yeah. So Holistic Human Performance Podcast has been around, I mean, only a couple months. Mm -hmm. Very new. I think I have 24 episodes now. 
Um, and basically it's all about how can we come back to holism, right? And same thing. I DM people, I hit them up, I'll email them, be like, hey, want to come on the podcast? But obviously I'm I'm contacting people who I believe are aligned with the messaging that you know I want to portray. And so um, we'll get into this, but I'm a two-time cancer survivor. So I have a lot of cancer survivors on there. Some that have holistically healed themselves without going through treatment. Some who have gone through treatment and we spoke about what their journey was like. I've had doctors on, um, holistic chiropractors that talk about the lymphatic system. So I kind of have a variety of different people on that talk about holism, spirituality, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition, all of these things that kind of interconnect mind, body, and soul. And really, it's an education platform. I'm here to educate other people and know that you have another option. You don't have to go one way or the other. You can integrate both. You can do one. You can do the other. But really, the main key is to listen to yourself and to know what is best for you. A lot of people are very disconnected from themselves they don't even know what they want or what their non-negotiables are, what their boundaries are. And then they get put in a situation or it's kind of a, you know, too late almost, quote in quotes, too late with their health. Um, I believe that you can heal your body from anything, even cancer. And um, that's pretty much what what I chat about on on the podcast. Cool. I like that. I'm I'm uh, I'm more excited now to get into your story here in a minute. Now, uh I would like to know, uh, Jenna, the next question is what life lesson have you been taught or learned in the last year? Now, uh, maybe you, you've learned something just within the last you know month or a couple months, right? I just kind of like to keep it within uh, recent time. So um, if it's a couple years, you know, a year, six months, uh, obviously there's leniency in how you want to take that. But I, I would lo- I'd love to know um, what life lesson you've been taught or learned in recent times. Mm, I would say stepping into my most authentic self so that I could help other people to a larger degree. That's pretty much the the last couple of months of what I've been getting and kind of like just stepping into, you know, this, just letting it all go and just be like, hey, I'm here. This is me. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, pull back a couple of layers with that, because, um, I think this is something that's going to be very valuable, uh, for everybody that's listening, including myself. It's always a great reminder to, uh, hear somebody share about, um, stepping into their most authentic self. It's easy to get sucked into social media and what everybody else around us is doing and, and all that. So stepping into, uh, my most authentic self, what does that look like practically for you, Jenna? What does that mean to you? Um, touch on that just a little bit, pull, pull back a couple of those layers, please. For sure. All right. So as an example, right, I have been in the fitness industry. I was an exercise science major for almost my entire life. I grew up in it. We have a family fitness business called Bradshaw personal fitness, Mm which I still coach for. Now, I graduated college. I was very much in strength and conditioning, working with athletes. And then I kind of moved into more of the private sector. And so that was like the first leap, right? And then I'm like, okay. So I worked in a big box gym for a little bit, 
while I was kind of, my goal was to gain more managerial experience to bring it into our family business. Okay. There moved up was, you know, a metabolic specialist running that department, doing VO2 maxes, uh, uh, tests on people. And I'm like, okay, okay. So then nutrition coach. And I added all of these different layers. Right. And then what happened was, so I was, we'll get into this, but I was diagnosed with cancer a second time when I was 20. And that was a big wake up call for me when I was like, oh, wait, there's more than just fitness and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And that is where it really started my spiritual awakening and spiritual evolution where I'm like, okay, okay. So it's not just about fitness and nutrition. And then I started educating myself on the human energy system, which has a huge role. I mean, again, mind, body, soul there. You can't separate them. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? I don't know, but that's for you to find out, right? That's your personal journey. So as I'm going through this, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, so I had thyroid cancer. I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer at age 20, got the surgery and, you know, I'm like, oh, learning about the human energy system. I'm like my throat. Oh, I didn't really share my story. I didn't speak about me being a cancer survivor. You know, when I was three and a half years old, I did a lot of, you know, nonprofit organizations, but also I was kind of forced and not in a bad way, but like by my parents, it was kind of just like, oh, uh, like I had the survivor's guilt. Like I didn't want to talk about it. And, you know, it just brought me to this point of like, oh my God, everything, it just hit me in the face. Everything makes sense now. Everything is connected. I got to check my energy. So then I really started to take a deep dive and I started to speak up a little bit more about my story. I started writing for different magazines and I started to kind of shift away from the fitness industry per se and more into becoming a holistic health coach and energy coach. So I became a Reiki practitioner. I am an IET practitioner as well, integrative energy therapy, and combined all of these different modalities that I've learned. And it's really like without being ashamed, I guess, because some people are like, energy, what are you talking about? That's weird. And I'm like, whatever, like, this is me, get over it. <laughs> so it was me kind of just pulling back, like you said, pulling back the layers of the onion and like, hey, guys, this is me. This is what I do. Um, I think I had the hardest time stepping away from the fitness industry because it was such a huge part of my identity. And it's so funny because I had my strength and conditioning coach on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, which will be airing soon. And she's also now in the holistic health realm and wellness realm. And it's funny how like we were at, you know, she certified me in Olympic weightlifting. And now we both meet up again in the holistic realm. And we're like, oh my gosh, how cool is this where we've just come full circle and it's like, yeah, we still do it. We're still strength coaches, but that's not who I am. It's not my identity. So it's really just a matter of the authentic self is pulling back the layers. And it's like, there's no identity attached to it. Like, yes, I survived cancer, but I'm not just a cancer survivor. I help people go through the process of, you know, during and after, um, you know, their their journey and their battle when they're in warrior mode, going through treatment and you know, the word cancer is very scary. So I'm helping people now with the underlying fear of 
disease because a lot of people are very scared and have a lot of anxiety with health. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I need to step into. And then the evolution of my business, holistic human performance came into play uh, almost two years now. And it's been so much fun. Um, And not only that, uh, in 2021, I decided, okay, it's time to write about my my journey. It's time to write a book. And it kind of just like popped into my head. Um, It was funny because I was actually denied by, um, it was a specific conference that I wanted to speak at. And they were like, no, because I'm not a doctor. And I was more into holism. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a book. And that's what I did. And here we are. (laughs) Cool. I like it. Now, um, let's, since we're kind of on the topic, let's, let's dive into it. Uh, Jenna, if you don't mind. So, um, this, this, uh, whole, okay. So is holistic and holism, obviously they're two different words, but do they mean the same thing? First of all, uh, can you, can you clarify that please? Yes, they do mean the same thing. So it's just a different way. I, two different words, but they mean the same thing, right? So you can say holistic living or holism, right? Really what it is, is the interconnection of mind, body, and soul. A lot of people are stuck either in, you know, their mind, which is their, their robot self, their, their um, logistic self, right? Black and white. Um, Or they're really stuck in their body, which is very like, um, caught up in their emotions where their emotions are running the show. Um, and then they're completely dis- disconnected from the soul, right? So again, coming back to the soulful self, also you could say authentic self, these words are interchangeable. Um, that is your most highest, best, radiant self that you could ever envision or ever imagine. And really it's connecting with your higher self to bring the three together. The the connection of soul is knowing that there is a greater energy, a greater power, universe, God, whatever you want to call it, there is a higher power that's kind of running the show, right? And you're here for the ride. (laughs) We are spiritual beings here having a human experience, right? These are just our vessels that are holding the soul. And again, we're all here to live our most purposeful lives. Like what lessons are we here to learn? What do we have to do here? And it all comes back to how can we help the greater collective, right? And it's going to look different for each of us. Each of our lessons are going to look different. The way that we look are going to look different. Every single person is different. And that's where holism comes into play, right? So it's, you know, let's just say you are going through some type of, you know, dis-ease, right, in the body. What is the root cause? What is the root problem? That is what holism is, right? It's not just looking at the symptoms, which is, you know, what the Western medical system looks like. And, you know, they're they're needed, right? But it's like, what is the actual root problem? And a lot of the times I'm seeing with my clients and students, there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes on. So it's peeling back those layers of, okay, what happened in childhood or what traumatic experience 
this could either be a big traumatic experience, a little traumatic experience, meaning someone in the second grade could have called you stupid and that could have stayed with you and it hindered you from being your most authentic self, right? And then, you know, the lifestyle of holism is, okay, how can we live our, the most like basic, simplest form of life, right? So, you know, for me, I like to garden. I like to make essential oils, right? So that that for me is, is holism. So, I mean, there's so many different avenues, but holism in general is the interconnection of mind, body, and soul. You cannot have one without the other. It just doesn't work. Right. Okay. So one other thing I want to ask you uh, to kind of touch on, uh, Jenna, before I ask you the last question of the conversational starter questions and we get into your actual story um, so you mentioned you basically grew up in the in the fitness industry, uh, and and I uh, did myself. I started lifting weights uh, going into fourth grade, and you know, exercise science degree. I currently own a gym, like the the whole the whole the whole spiel, right? Right. So, um, I want to just I guess I want to kind of and I've competed like in bodybuilding and powerlifting, all all that stuff. Played college football, uh, and I'm starting to kind of like realize. Uh, it's been a, it's been quite a while since I realized like there's a lot more to it than just the physical, right? So I'm not really alluding to that, but you know, one of the other podcasts that uh, I spent a lot of time on over 300 episodes uh, on YouTube is uh, a bodybuilding specific podcast. And the more I had conversations with bodybuilders, bodybuilding coaches, people in the quote unquote fitness bodybuilding industry, the more and more I kind of got turned off by it because uh, there's a lot of people, not just in bodybuilding, but within the fitness industry that have those traumas and they use fitness, they use their body, they use the fitness industry, uh, you know, to ba basically hide or, um, uh, you know, cover up those, those wounds, those hurts, all, all of the stuff that they, they probably don't want to face, right? Because it's hard. They know how to train hard but they don't know how to go uh, inward, so to speak, hard and, and do that hard inner work. So I, I just kind of got have gotten turned off from all of that. And I, too, uh, am very uh, holistically focused and, and minded and, and practicing in my own life and transitioning uh, to being more of a holistic coach and trainer. But the question I want to kind of get to with you and I want to I want you to share a little bit more on uh, Jenna is, you know, the fitness the fitness industry as a whole, I see it as a very uh, toxic uh, environment and community. Uh, and um, what are kind of your thoughts in terms of the fitness industry? And, you know, what, what, do, what do you kind of have to say to maybe some of those people that are hiding in the fitness industry? They are hiding behind their physical appearance because that's just a very small part of, of this entire life. Mm, oh my gosh, so much to unpack there. I love that you just asked that question. Well, I think that the fitness industry in general, I mean, listen, we need fitness. We have to educate people on moving our bodies. Movement is medicine. Point blank, simple end of story. What people get caught up in, I believe, is, and now I just want to say, like, I was not in the bodybuilding industry at all. Like, I I was more um, like Mike Boyle, functional strength and conditioning, that kind of training style. So I had different clientele. However, 
what I will say is a lot of people are caught up in the, um, the aesthetic looks of it. That's what people get very caught up in, which is very uh, surface level. So that's what it is. People just get very caught up in the surface level. They don't ask more. They don't learn more. And I think that's what halts a lot of people in their healing journey, I guess you could say, um, whether they are a trainer, whether they are just starting out their their fitness journey. And I love how you said where they like train really hard to hide their emotions and like that inner work because I did that. Mm -hmm. I would have and I'm not an anxious person or anything. I'm just very like high energy. But in my early 20s, when I didn't do the healing work around, you know, my cancer journey and the trauma having like my my neck surgery, you know, I would train, I would, I would go to exercise to get those emotions out instead of working through them. So I think what we have to do is scale it back and listen to your body more. Right. So if you're feeling like, Oh man, right. And and this is not to say like you're being lazy or anything. That's what I would tell myself. I'm like, Oh, I'm being lazy. Like, I don't want to exercise. Like, like it's okay to just go for a walk. It's okay to go do yoga. It's okay to do breath work. Mm-hmm. And that is how I had to, again, this is talk, going back to the subconscious mind. You're unwiring those poor, um, you know, neural programming and then rewiring to the intentional life that you want to live. Right. So yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable and sometimes painful when you go through the healing journey. It's not easy, but it's so important to not just look to fitness, right? And I see this all the time with with my clients too. They're like, oh, like I can't lose weight and, and I ate a cake yesterday and I have to punish myself in the gym. Like that's not what our bodies are for. We have these. This is the only vessel you get right now. So you got to cater to it as best as you can by punishing it when you're going to the gym and I hate my body. I ate like shit yesterday. And it's just like we we have to change that mindset. Right. You're not going to get healthy by doing that. You're, you're messing with your mental and your mental is everything. Your mental is what gets the body going. That's, that's what drives the body. So again, and, and also like going into social media, right? I'm sorry, but a lot of these people aren't really professionals when it comes to the fitness industry. They're just influencers and, and, and (laughs) not to say not all of them are doing great work, but it's very saturated, just like any field. You have to have discernment when you're as a client, right? If you're looking for a personal trainer, or someone to work with, a coach, a mentor, whatever, you have to have discernment and listen to your intuition when you are doing that, right? When you're practicing that. Same goes for us as coaches, right? We have to practice practice discernment. Like what avenue are we going down and how can we incorporate fitness, but in a positive way, because it scares people. People get really tripped up when it comes to the word health or fitness and exercise, Exercise is a structured training program that gets you set up and you're evolving, you're progressing, right? Movement is how are you moving your body daily? Are you exercising for one hour out of the day and then, you know, sitting down for the rest of the day? 
because that's not really health either. You got to move your body, get up, go for a walk, get a standing desk. So all of these things in the fitness industry, I see where they're, it's very shallow. It's very, it's very surface level and we got to get a little bit deeper, but I will say I've been seeing a lot of other fitness uh, professionals and, um, you know, business, business owners in the field where they're kind of incorporating the wellness aspect, which I really love. Not all of them, but a lot of them are starting to understand that it's fitness is just a puzzle piece to the whole picture. It's just one piece. And, you know, we need some, right. It's great to be super specific, you know, when you're in, in this industry. And if, if you feel really good staying there and evolving, amazing, cool. But if you feel like you're unfulfilled and missing something, dig deeper, get deeper into that and see, okay, what's this feeling that I'm having? Where does it land in the body? What emotions are coming up for you? Maybe journal on it. Maybe talk to someone about it. Find a mentor. Find someone who's been in your shoes and kind of can help guide you through the process, I would say. Okay. Love it. Cool. Okay. Now, um, the last question here, and then we'll get into your story uh, for the conversational starter questions. Uh, Jenna, do you have a favorite quote, mantra, or word? <laughs> okay. My favorite quote. If you don't use it, you lose it. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I say it all the time. It goes for literally anything. If you don't move your body, you lose it. If you don't use your your brain, you'll lose it. If you don't, you know, practice your discernment, you'll lose it. Hmm. All it can apply to anything. Hmm. Um, and then also another really funny quote that I love is keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> kiss <laughs> yeah, awesome okay um let's uh let's transition jenna then into your uh your childhood your upbringing uh let's dive deep into your your backstory so first of all uh i would like to know where you actually grew up uh you've got a little bit of an accent so uh, i'm i'm curious of where you actually grew up and then uh talk about a uh, childhood i mean it sounds like you had cancer at a pretty young age uh, and then, um, did you play sports? What were you like as a, as a young person? Um, did you like school? Uh, it sounds like you basically grew up in the fitness industry. So touch on that. Like, give us, give us that, uh, uh, snapshot of your, your upbringing up to about high school. And then you can stop because we'll transition from there. Okay. Sure. So, um, <clears throat> let's see. My parents have had their fitness business for over 35 years. So I literally was born into it. I'm the oldest of five. Um, I grew up in Long Island, New York. So that's where the accent is from. Um, <laughs> and um, so I was diagnosed with leukemia, which is a form of blood cancer at age three and a half. Um, how this kind of, and this is kind of where my my story later on, right, kind of opened my eyes to, oh my gosh, holism. And I mean, it plays a huge role. So I went to the doctors, um, you know, touch on this in my book, got the MMR booster. And for about six weeks after that, I looked very pale, very sick. I was bruising very easily. My mom went to the doctors. A 
numerous times she was like, something's wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. No, she's good. She's good. She's good. Finally, my mom was like, it had to be uh, around New Year's or Christmas time in that time frame. And she was like, something is wrong. She is not okay. She keeps getting respiratory infections. I don't know what's happening. They did blood tests, came back. The doctor was like, we need to bring her to the hospital immediately. So I went to LIJ. At the time, it was Schneider's Children's Medical Center. And they said, your daughter has leukemia and she needs treatment immediately. So that is kind of how my journey started into this entire industry, which is so wild to think about how, and you know, I I could have, at this point in life, I could have been angry and I could have, which I was as a teenager, I could have been um, upset. Why me? Survivors, guilt, like how could this happen to me? But I instead decided to flip that narrative and use that to heal, help heal myself and also help others throughout the journey. So that went on until about five years old. So, you know, rounds of chemotherapy and, and treatment, um, very tough on my family. They almost lost their home. Um, and thankfully we have, a ama- we had amazing, um, family friends, which we're still close with who helped fundraisers. And we were very much involved with a lot of nonprofit organizations that helped us throughout this whole journey. My mom, you know, and my dad had three, uh, two other, my two brothers at the time as well going through this. Um, so that was a long and tough battle near death experience. So then, um, come age six, I was finally able to go to school And I wasn't able to be in a big classroom because my immune system was very low. So I went to a small Quaker school, which was really fun. And uh, I still have friends to this day from from that school, which is really cool. And throughout that time, my parents, um, they actually told me, it's pretty ironic, hey, she's really, she's not able to read that well. We might need to leave her, you know, back a grade. My mom was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. So (laughs) we were good. And ironically enough, I'm an author today. So that's pretty funny. So then, um, you know, my family's really tight, big Italian family, farm to table style. We grew up, the holistic lifestyle was pretty much ingrained in in us from a very young age. My mom grew up that way. My dad grew up that way, playing sports their whole lives. So um, obviously, you know, all my other siblings, I didn't really have a childhood per se at that, you know, at that young age. So my parents were like, we got to develop promoter skills. So they put me into dance. So I did that for, oh my gosh, 10, maybe 12 years, all styles of dance. I did like point where you're on your tippy toes and ballet and that a hundred percent set me up for success. So then I started playing other sports, right? So, and then I came to a point where I started track and field in, in high school and my mom actually was my track and field coach. I went to an all girls Catholic school hated it and i was like mom i gotta get out of here so then i chose the boys out right mom yeah (laughs) and you know growing up i have three brothers so growing up in that environment i was like something's off i i just don't feel right here i don't feel like i fit in i just don't like this so i finally moved on and i was not so school was very tough for me um so 
they'll tell you, I don't know if you've ever heard about this, but you go through chemotherapy and they talk about um, chemo brain after. So it affects certain everybody differently. It affected, I believe, the left part of my brain, which to me, it's not even existent anymore. It's like not even a thing. But when I was young, I had a lot of trouble with math. So I had a tutor my entire school curriculum, right? When I was young up into high school. And even in college, I had a um, I had services where I would, um, you know, like take tests separately because I would get like really just like nervous. So anyways, that played a role on my self-confidence. And I was kind of introverted. I'm I'm in between extroverted and introverted, um, especially in school, because it was so troublesome for me. And I was like, oh, man, like, why am I so behind? Like, I, I don't understand. So that's subconsciously, I had a lot of anger, which I didn't even realize at the age, right? And to be honest, I didn't go to a therapist. I I, I believe kids are very resilient. My parents didn't know any better. In 1995, they weren't saying, oh, your daughter needs a therapist. So, you know, I just kind of rolled with it. And then I, I put all of my focus into sports. And I worked very hard at school and I just did the best that I could. Right. And, um, so I, I really took to track and field. So while I was at the all girls high Catholic high school, I, um, had this amazing before my mom came on this amazing coach. He was one of my mentors, Ed Kilkelly. Um, He's no longer with us, but an amazing, phenomenal man. And he taught me how to throw the javelin, which was so cool. Um, For those of you who don't know the javelin, it is a long spear where you can basically kill someone with. But, you know, it is a it is an event in track and field. It dates back to um, Olympic Greece times. So it's the original sports. And I learned how to throw the javelin and I was really good. and. From there, I moved. Uh, once I left the all-girls school, I went to another um, co-ed Catholic high school. And it was really great because, number one, I was like, oh, this is so fun. It was a huge school. The class was like 800 people. Developed so many friends. And I I developed in track and field. And I became really good. And so I ended up getting um, looked into, I ended up going to Ithaca College, but I started getting looks from other colleges and coaches who were like, oh, she throws the javelin because it's a specialty. So then um, I, you know, did the whole process of going into school and I, I look back and it's, I have to note this because this was really cool. When I was doing my college acceptance letter, I wrote about my journey as being a cancer survivor and how it played a role on, you know, like my life and how I showed up um, in life. And I remember my teacher, my English teacher coming to me and she was like, I have no corrections for you. And I was like, what? You don't have any corrections for me? She was like, this is amazing. What you wrote was beautiful. And I I think back at that and I'm like, oh, that is kind of where my writing journey began. And it's so cool to, to look back and be like, oh my gosh. And, and, you know, I continued on with that story and wrote a whole book about my story and this holistic journey that I've taken. So that that's really cool. And then, you know, enter college and I ended up going to Ithaca College. Hmm. Okay. Now, before we get into uh, Ithaca talk here, 
I want to take a couple steps back and I want to ask you a few things. I I have to ask uh, Jenna, how did your parents get into the fitness industry? Uh, you know, like that's quite a few years ago. The fitness industry is completely different now uh, than it was back then. So, I mean, I know you said that your parents played sports, but how did they kind of get into the personal training and the fitness business uh, all, all those years ago? Yeah, I, I, it's like really, my parents were very ahead of their time during, uh, it was like the 80s, yeah, 80s, 90s. So in the 80s, right, one-on-one personal training was huge. And they, so they were both, um, my mom was track and field, my dad was football, and they both ended up in New York City doing one-on-one personal training. And this was a time where they also incorporated physical therapy. So it was like this very functional training. It was the thing. And it's really interesting because trends, I believe, repeat themselves. And now we're really seeing that again. So it's actually not so different from what my parents explained when they were training in the 80s, which is really cool. Um, What was different, I believe, though, was what my mom went through. It wasn't anything like crazy, but there were no women in, in the industry. Right. And so it's interesting because I do talk about this, um, you know, women being in in the field. And I believe that a lot of women, um, not so much now, but throughout the years, they stepped away from their femininity or their feminine nature and their feminine energy. And they, they, and I see this though, where they have to like compete with the men, which I, I, I always like to explain like, and going back to your other question that you asked me, there's, you don't need to compete with the guys, right? Like we play two different roles and you have something to offer and they have something to offer. So when you enter into a space where it's a male dominant industry, rock it out. Like you have an advantage. And I love my mom taught me that from a super young age. It was never the question of like, oh, you're a woman, so you can't do this. Oh, you're a woman, so you can't do that. You know, she never, ever complained about that. And I believe that is what set me up. So when she went into the city, that's actually where my parents met when they were both working at their gym together. Um, And they worked with like high-end clientele, like Tom Ford, you know, celebrities, all of these amazing individuals. And, you know, that's pretty much how their journey started. They started doing triathletes. Um, They both were uh, nationally ranked triathletes and they just like rocked it out. And then eventually they developed their own business, Bracho Personal Fitness, which is still around today. So they're technically a legacy business, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that is very cool. You don't hear stories like that uh, much anymore because, you know, uh, the smaller type uh, personal training studios or gyms, they've all kind of been bought out and um, it's, it's hard to quote unquote survive financially nowadays. So I, I love that. Now, um, in terms of uh, some of that, you said you, you kind of were angry as a teenager. Uh, now, can you just touch on a little bit about that? Because, uh, you know, I'm sure like when you were younger, when you first got cancer, like, you know, like at three and a half, like you don't even really know what's going on. Right. Like at that age, we, we don't know what we don't know. Um, but it sounds like maybe some of that anger started to manifest as a, as a teenage, uh, a woman. So, uh, talk about 
the manifestation of that anger? What did that kind of look like in terms of like, did you, did you and your mom kind of butt heads? Did you butt heads with teachers? Was it more like internal anger? Uh, and then how did you kind of break through that or work through that, uh, Jenna, please? Yeah. So I would say it was internal anger, but I did butt heads with my mom a lot. We fought a lot. <laughs> um, we're very, we're, we're opposite, but also similar at the yeah, same time. Yeah. <laughs> I also grew up in a family where it was, I was the oldest female of five, very strict household. So that's kind of where, and I get it, right? Safety, right? And, and you don't know what you don't know. And it, you know, as I go through these developmental stages, like different memories will come back to me when from that time when I was like three and a half years old, which is wild because the body literally always keeps the score, even if you don't consciously remember it. So, um, like I, <laughs> I had lots of acne, I had braces and I believe that obviously going through all those pharmaceutical drugs played a huge, I mean, how could it not play a huge role on my body and how it came out physically, ex right, externally. So I kind of, I, I really believe that sports helped me work through that anger and get out like that extra angst. Um, me and my siblings, like we would... <laughs> We, we did fight a lot but like we also just played a lot you know getting outside in nature was a huge thing for me like I loved I still love obviously being outside um and if I ever had like angry moments right I would just kind of like be by myself and just like go to my room and just like close the door and I would like scream into a pillow or I would write a letter or something right these different practices that I'm doing today that I didn't realize were even a thing when I was that age, right? Obviously having a support system, hanging out with friends, having people to vent to. At that age though, I wasn't even consciously aware of the trauma that I went through at such a young age. And kids are very resilient. Kids are very resilient. And I believe having that resiliency is what helped me get through that time. Mm, cool. Okay. So, uh, what did you want to do when you were a teenager? What were you thinking about, uh, you wanted to, to, to do or be when you quote unquote grew up and then you went to Ithaca college, which is a very, uh, prestigious, uh, college of course. Um, so, uh, what did you study when you went to school? Cause you mentioned exercise science. So just walk us through like what you were thinking about doing when you were a teenager uh, what did you study in college? And then once you graduated college, I know, again, you got uh, your thyroid cancer at 20. So that's like, you know, I'm assuming you were in college at that time. So mm -hmm. if you want to just kind of start unpacking that part of your story, uh, Jenna, and then we'll kind of transition from there. Yeah. So I knew from the age of 10 that I would never be sitting behind a desk. I'm a very active person. I love being outside and I love doing things. It's interesting, though, to like think back at that time, because I didn't really have like a specific idea of what I wanted to do. I just knew that I was going to be moving my body and I knew that I was going to be doing something where I was helping people some way, shape or form. Right. 
So then I don't even know what made me think of exercise science. Like besides the fact that I obviously grew up in it and my parents did not push me to go one way or the other. They, they weren't like, oh, you have to do this. I kind of just decided on my own. I was, it just popped into my head. Talk about like manifestation. I was like, oh, all right, I guess I'll do exercise science. It sounds pretty cool. Why not? So I, you know, that's what I did. And I, you know, I knew that I was going to be um, playing a sport in college. I knew I was going to continue on and that definitely helped me out. So I went to Ithaca College. I got a Bachelor of Science in Exercise Science and I I participated in the women's track and field team for four years, even when I was going through this traumatic experience with thyroid cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, Had a a great time. Honestly, it was such a phenomenal experience. And I know a lot of people nowadays are like, oh, college. Honestly, if I wasn't playing a sport, it would probably be a different ball game as to what I would have chosen. However, because I did play a sport, that really set the tone for what I would be doing and all of the things that I would be learning and developing all these friendships. And it was just such an amazing experience. I had such a blast. Um, So then, right, when I was age 20, I, it was the last two weeks of school, my junior year, I had suffered from migraines from pretty much my entire life, which I do attribute to what I went through at age three and a half. Um, so I went to the health center. I'm like, oh, like I got a migraine. Maybe I have a sinus infection, whatever. Finals were coming up. I had state championship meet that I was, you know, training for. And she starts, she's like, all right, let's check it out. I don't see anything in your sinuses. And she moves down and she gets down to my neck where my thyroid is. And um, as an exercise science major, they don't teach you that. <laughs> so um, I didn't know anything about the thyroid. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And I see her face change. And to be honest, never in my life at that moment, at least did I think that I would be diagnosed with cancer again. However, I do believe subconsciously that fear was still there and I did not consciously realize it. So then she's like, oh, I don't like what I'm feeling on your thyroid. And I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? She's like, you have a huge lump on your thyroid. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? She's like, you need to go to the ENT immediately. So I'm upstate New York. I had to go to Cayuga Medical Center by myself. I did not tell anyone. I didn't tell my coach. I didn't tell, I just needed to, I'm one of those people where I just need to like process things and work through it without telling other people and getting other people's opinions. So I'm like, okay. So I went to the ENT. He's like, all right, this is a 4.3 centimeter nodule that you have on your thyroid. Um, I was training really hard and lifting very heavy. So I didn't really notice any differences with my neck. It wasn't like protruding out. There was a little bit of a thickening of my neck, but not anything where I would think, you know. So I then go to Cayuga Medical Center and I had to do a biopsy in my neck that was really frightening because I'm like, I don't even know what any of this means. So then um, they're like, okay, we think it's benign. We can't tell because of the slides, but we're pretty sure it's benign. I'm like, okay, that's good. So then finally I called my mom who then called my coach and it was like a whole thing. 
So we had to develop a game plan, right? I I was like, I'm not coming home, right? I'm I qualified for the state championship beat. I am not going to, and then I'm not going to take my finals in the fall time. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm. So my mom's like, okay, never mind. And we we got in touch with two different doctors. They're like, all right, when you come home, and by the way, I hit a personal record at the state championship meet in the 60 meter, the 200 and javelin. So that was a great (laughs) fuel underneath me that I had. So I finally come home end of May, June. uh, I think, yeah, May is when I, it was 2014. So May is when I had like all of these different, I had two different doctor's appointments. And I always like to share this story because I think it's very important for people to understand, to listen to their intuition. Mm -hmm. So the first doctor I went to, younger guy. He's like, okay, here's the protocol. We're going to take out your whole thyroid. You're going to do radioactive iodine and you're going to take medication for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And my entire body cringed Mm -hmm. and my gut started to hurt. I was like, that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. And he literally was baffled that I even said that. And mind you, I'm 20 years old, right? And I attribute a lot of this to my parents because, you know, you have to, you are, you have to be a patient advocate. You have to know that the doctor is not in charge of your health. You are in charge of your health. So he was baffled that I said that. And he was like, okay, well, I said, you don't have another protocol. Like there's no other way around this. He's like, no. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to see another doctor. He said, okay, who? I was like, I'm going to Memorial Sloan Kettering. I'm seeing this doctor. And he's like, oh, I studied under him. I'm like, all right, well, that's my answer. So I go to the second doctor, really cool guy, older man. He's like, listen, we're going to take out half the thyroid. It's encapsulated, no radioactive iodine, no chemotherapy, no medication. I'm like, that sounds phenomenal to me. We're going to do that. So I, that's when I knew I was like, all right, we're doing this. So I go into the surgery, June 2nd, 2014. I literally just celebrated my 10-year, I call it health anniversary because I'm healthy. So um, went into the surgery. They operated, took half of that out. That was grueling uh, healing journey. So I took the summer to just heal and I started training again. I got, I, I truly believe that me playing a sport is what kept me going, going back to school, having a fun time, right? I was about to set my birthdays in June. I was about to celebrate my 21st birthday. I just wanted to like live what quote unquote, a normal life. Right. So then, um, I started taking a deep dive into like learning about the thyroid and, and all of the things that help enhance the thyroid and, and healing, and so that's where my my holistic journey per se started. And you know, I went back to school. I finished up and I I finished that that whole year up with a 3.8 GPA and I competed and made it to state championships and hit personal records and I finished up school and it was it's funny cuz that was the end of one chapter but the beginning of a whole nother chapter. Hmm. Okay. So uh why don't you lead us into that chapter, the next chapter uh, after college there, Jenna, please. Yeah. So after that, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? And obviously you leave college and you're like, oh my God, I got to find a job. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and um, so I started interviewing. Obviously I knew I was going to end up going 
and working with the family business, right? However, I wanted, I personally wanted to gain my own experience and my parents wanted me to gain my own experience as well. So they were pushing me and not in in a bad way, but it was like, no, go get some experience first and then we'll bring you on. Mm -hmm. So I remember going to Equinox and Lifetime. I didn't like the vibe at Equinox. And so I ended up, I got a job at 22 years old at Lifetime right out of college and I grand opened one of the clubs on Long Island um, in Garden City and I just immersed myself into learning about nutrition continuing to learn about uh, fitness and you know different training modalities so I just continued on with the education of more certifications and just learning all that I could reading and, and all of these things. And then I started writing for different magazines. My first publication was in um, men's journal. And I spoke about different running styles and how it, you know, it affects our different metabolic systems and what you could do. And um, that kind of like really molded me to just like con- this continuing learning of, of life and, and everything. And um, from there, I, I worked my way up and um, I then transferred to another club on Long Island, the Syosset location. And I ran their metabolics department where I was doing VO2 max, submax testing. And then I started to really notice, I was like, oh, these people like can't lose weight. Like what's going on here? Like, why are they stuck burning carbohydrates like 24 seven, right? But they're also doing high intensity training. That doesn't really make sense. And I really started to take a deep dive into, oh, okay, so their stress is playing a huge role on their health and well-being and why they can't lose weight. You shouldn't be doing high-intensity training four times a week. You got to slow it down. And that is where I was like, oh, okay, this is where the energy system plays a role. And that's like a whole other education system where you're not learning unless you go to become like an acupuncturist or some type of Eastern um, medicine schooling, massage therapy. You're not learning that stuff. And um, I'm trying to think what the first, the first person, I think Dr. Joe Dispenza was my first person that I, like a mentor from afar where I really took a deep dive into our mind and how that plays a huge role in our health and well-being. And you know, it's not just about the fitness and nutrition. So that opened up a whole doorway of like all different books and learning. And that's when I started to realize like, I'm kind of stepping away from like the fitness industry. And I I really want to, you know, and it didn't happen overnight, you know, this continued on until really the pandemic. And that's when I really jumped ship and, you know, was 100% in our family fitness business. And then, you know, from there, I developed my business, Holistic Human Performance, after, you know, going through uh, becoming a Reiki practitioner and IET practitioner and getting into meditation and all these different um, components. And, you know, that's kind of where my journey began. And then, you know, I really got involved with different cancer nonprofit organizations And like I said, in 2021, I, uh, yeah, uh, 2020, I was um, rejected from this conference uh, that I was going to speak at. And I'm like, I'm just going to make this into a book. And I, that is really also that kind of like 
prompted this whole education, this other education of learning about the human energy system. And um, I, I literally, this book, A Survivor Story, is an extension of me and all of the things that I learned. And even then, after I wrote it, I was like, there's more. There's more. So then, um, you know, after that, I um, I started writing my second book. I'm done with my second book and going through the process of of publishing it. So that's really exciting. And that's really this second book is where I'm really connecting the human energy system with the human anatomy and physiology system and how our emotions get stored and stuck in different organs and body parts and how there are different ways and tools. Right. Like, what do you have in your toolbox? What, what do you need in this moment, in this time, right? When you know your energy so well that you can ask yourself that question and you can like hear the answer, that's when you're on the right path. That's when you know that you are in tune with your body. But again, a lot of people, they're very disconnected from their bodies and they don't even know where to, to begin. And that's kind of where I help them on this journey of, of holism and you know, I, I I talk about these five buckets in my book, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. And then I add the fifth bucket, energetics, which a lot of people don't talk about in holism. But I believe energetics is what ties all of those things together in holism and how you can truly, truly heal your body and become one and whole. Okay. So uh, you mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza, which... Uh, on uh, a chair right over here to my right, I've got actually one of his books, which I started reading it and it's like, it's like a whole nother like intellectual level. And I'm- It's tough. Yeah, I'm currently in, in graduate school. So I've got that reading, which is my number one priority because I'm spending thousands of dollars to get that. Of course. Uh, so I, I, I've kind of like set his book to the side, but I've listened to him on uh, several uh, podcasts, uh, and I started reading his book a little bit. Um, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to kind of dig into that, but I've got to be kind of like in the right, the right, uh, mind space and the right, uh, you know, place within my life to kind of dig into that type of book. Cause it's like a whole nother intellectual level. But what I want to get to, uh, Jenna is, um, outside of Dr. Joe Dispenza, were there other people from afar that kind of like uh, Dr. Joe, that have been mentors or who have uh, really uh, profoundly impacted this uh, holistic journey that you started, that you're on, and that you're going to continue? If so, who are some of those people, please? Absolutely. So some mentors from afar would be um, Dr. Sue Mortar. She wrote a book called The Energy Codes. Mm -hmm. um, who was the other person I had in mind? Um Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Um, Mark Mark Rich is another one. He wrote the book Ener Energetic Anatomy. Um, and those were pretty much like my top people that I that I went to and just like mentors from afar would listen to all of the things that they had to say. Um, and you're right, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work is like a whole another like intellectual like education yeah. system. And if you're... And I always tell people books will come into your life. I'm a huge reader. Like I could literally, if I had a whole day to just like read, I would. Um, but, you know, I always tell people when the right book will come to you at the right moment. And whenever you feel like you need to stop reading the book, 
you stop reading the book and you've gotten the information that you needed, right? You don't have to finish the book, right? You'll come back to it. You'll pick it up again. But again, when you're ready, you will go to that book and you will read it and you will immerse yourself into everything it has to offer. Um, And then like mentors that were, you know, in my life personally, I'm a, I, I love going to networking events. Like I, I'm a very, you know, extroverted person. I love talking to people. And I went to, this was right after I published my first book and I went to a networking group and I didn't want to go. I literally was like, I'm not feeling it. Like I didn't want to go, but something inside of me was like, go, go to this event. And again, like these are the moments that we have to listen to our intuition. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go. So I went and I met this woman, Tiffany Cohen. She's one of my mentors to this day and dear friends. I teach at her studio called Spirit and Soul Studio. And at the time, she did not have the physical location. She had like the, the virtual business. And she told me what she did. She's pretty much a spiritual mentor. And, you know, she does energetic healings and leads people through, you know, retreats and meditations and things of that nature. And I'm like, she's telling me all the things she's doing. And I'm like, so intrigued. I'm like, oh my gosh. And this is after I wrote my book and learned all the things that, you know, not all the things, but most of the things Dr. Joe Dispenza has to offer. And, oh, Deepak Chopra is another one. Um, He's another mentor from afar. And she's telling me all these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I want to learn more. And so I just started to like pick her brain and Um, you know, I started doing coaching with her and, you know, that really set me up for success. And that was kind of what brought the spirituality into the mix and kind of where I started to bridge the gap between spirituality and science. And they are two sides of the same coin. Mm, Okay. Um, now you keep talking, uh, you keep mentioning a couple, uh, uh, terms and I want you to kind of, uh, explain them to us if you don't mind. So you, you've mentioned uh, several times like subconscious or subconscious mind, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, if you dig into uh, Joe Dispenza, you'll, you'll get a nice <laughs> education on that. But um, so talk to us a little bit about the subconscious uh, mind, and then you keep bringing up intuition. So mm-hmm. uh, talk about subconscious mind and talk about intuition. What are they? What do they look like, uh, you know, in practice? How does somebody um, tap into their subconscious? How does somebody tap into their intuition um, so that they can kind of reach their their highest potential or highest self, so to speak? Right. So this all goes back to knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. If you do not know your own energy, right? So when you walk into a room, are people gravitated towards you or or are they just moving away from you? How's your body language? Are you slumped over, right? Are you closed off or are you open and receptive and friendly and inviting, right? You, We all have this certain energy that portrays off of us where it's either going to reject people or attract people. Law of attraction, right? Like attracts like. So when I talk about the subconscious mind, right? The subconscious mind is 95% of our programming and how we operate as human beings, right? It's part of our brain and our nervous system. And that is where our stored traumas are. So if you have, like myself, right? I had a big T traumatic experience at age three and a half and at age 20, right? 
So I believe the two are connected. Definitely. So I didn't do the healing work around, you know, the traumatic experience that I had as a young child. And it kind of came back to me as like a a pattern almost because I didn't do the healing work. So my subconscious mind, even though I consciously wasn't aware of it, it it kept those emotions and that experience trapped into my body. Right. However, on everybody's journey. There are going to be certain times in your life where let's just say you have like a trigger moment, like a trigger is an energetic knot in the body where let's just say you say something and I get annoyed or I get angry or something that is like your subconscious mind triggering you. Hey, 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 we need to work on this because we want to get this out of the body. So you'll have these, pat. if you notice, right, if you have a constant pattern, let's just use example of relationship, right? And you're not able to find your soulmate, your partner in life, and you just keep dating the same people over and over and over and over again. At some point, you got to look at yourself. Mm. And to be honest, the problem is you because you're attracting these types of people, right? And this is what is programmed into your subconscious mind. Again, that's 95% of these patterns and these neural pathways that you operate on a daily basis. That's how your heart beats. That's how you breathe. It's these involuntary actions that you do, right? You get in the car, you, you know exactly how to drive back to your home. Like, you know the route. You don't even have to pay attention to the road sometimes. That is your subconscious mind taking hold. So then your conscious mind is that 5% where you're aware of your external environment and you're aware of these feelings and you have, you know, this feeling in your chest of like, let's just say like an elephant that's on your chest and you're consciously aware of it but you don't take any action. That is where those patterns keep repeating. So again, your nervous system plays a huge role into the connection of life, mm-hmm. of your, of as above, so below, right? Your connection to mother earth, your connection to greater source. Your nervous system is the extension of you and how you show up daily, right? So then- We have all these bundles of nerves in our gut, and that is where your intuition lies. Mm -hmm. So we get these gut feelings, right? Like I was telling you with the first doctor that I met, I immediately had a pain in my gut and knew that he wasn't the doctor for me. But people ignore that. And when you ignore that, that is when these patterns keep repeating themselves. So it's this constant feedback loop that you're getting between the brain and the body that people are either aware of consciously or they're not. And on the healing journey, sometimes, right? Like I wasn't obviously meant to heal that. Like I had to go through that a second time in order to get to the point with where I'm at in my life today. So, you know, if you if it's too painful, right? Like a lot of people maybe go through a really like abusive childhood. It might be too painful for them to go through it, you know, as a teenager, or they don't have the right mentor or therapist to talk to. You're not meant to go through it at that time. You're meant to unlock that at a later date in life, right? So so your body will keep hold of these emotions. But again, consciously, we have to keep note of that because 
you know, you can prevent certain things from happening, right? Like disease in the body if if you're more aware. And that's where listening to your intuition comes in and living a mindful, intentional life, right? Starting your morning off with meditation, that rewires the subconscious mind so that you can live the life that you want to live, right? People are, you know, you're... I either say you're stuck in victim or you're a victor of your life. When you're stuck in a victim mentality, why me? Survivor's guilt. How could this happen to me? We have to understand that life isn't happening to us. It's happening for us. And the more that we can tap into that, your your life force energy and your vitality just it, it, it expands. Mm-hmm. And things, going back to the law of attraction, like attracts like, because every single thing is energy. Like this pen is energy, right? My hand, my body, this book is energy. So when we think certain certain thoughts, we put out these frequency waves, right? Everything is frequency. And if you continue to say the same things over and over within this feedback loop that you cannot um, consciously stop, or you don't know how at least, that's where things, right, either that you attract things that you don't want or that you do want, but know that you're always, always, always attracting things. You're always manifesting, regardless whether you're conscious of it or not. Okay. Um, so I want to go back to this, the, 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 the topic of cancer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you said with your, uh, 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 podcast, you, you've had a lot of different people on that were like cancer survivors. Some of them have taken the holistic approach. Some of them maybe have, you know, gone and gotten chemo and all this. Now, uh, you know, my mom, she's my best friend and her and I are very, very uh, passionate about uh, holistic health. Like she's, you know, grew up on a farm. She plants all the things and, you know, wants to basically just live off the land and I love it self and self-sustained and, and, and all that. And I love it too. Right. Um, but we, we actually were just on, uh, we were just talking yesterday on the phone and we were, we were talking about some different things that I was kind of learning through this, uh, sleep book that I've been reading for my, my graduate class. And we were just talking about some different health related topics, but we've had conversations, um, at, at, uh, at length about, uh, how we have to be our own health advocates and her and I get very, uh, frustrated with our current, um, you know, uh, health practices in, in our country. Like our doctors are great for, you know, surgeries and, you know, car accidents and basically putting band-aids on things. Our doctors are not trained, like you mentioned earlier, Jenna, to get to the root cause and to take that holistic approach. I think it's slowly but surely getting better. And there's mm-hmm. definitely medical doctors and, and physicians assistants out there and, 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 uh, 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 natural paths, you know, that are available, but few and far between. Right. So what I, what I'm trying to get at is that, um, my mom and I get very frustrated with how people basically, they're just kind of like sheep. They just, if the doctor says you need to cut out your stomach. Okay. Well, if that's what I have to do, that's what I'm going to do. And then you're going to be on these medications for the rest of your life. You know, uh, that's, that's what I got to do. And it's like, we, we just, we get so frustrated because it's like, there's so many opportunities for us to uh, try alternative holistic routes before you maybe go that route. Right. Um, so what I want to get to, I guess, is um, how can people that are listening to this, how, how can we as humans 
you know, uh, kind of like take that holistic approach in terms of if we do get cancer, um, if we are diagnosed, let's say with uh, anxiety or ADHD or depression or, you know, whatever, uh, diabetes, like all these things. And you go to the doctor, they give you the pills, you have to spend thousands of dollars. And basically they are saying you're, you're going to be a victim the rest of your life and good luck. There's, there's so many more opportunities to take other routes. There's so much, uh, more, uh, you know, ways that we can approach, uh, major health issues. Talk, talk about that. How, how can we figure that out? How can we be our own advocates? Where, where can we go? Because, uh, medical doctors in our country, uh, you know, they, they, they don't know everything just like none of us knows everything. Right. So I think the best place to start is cleaning up your environment. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so what does your space look like? What does your home look like? I think that's the, the basic, right? We got to get back to the basics. That's mm. what we have to get back to. Right. So I do actually talk about this in my second book. All diseases have an energetic meaning behind it, mm. which is fascinating. So what I learned about cancer and, you know, there's an extensive right list and this doesn't resonate for everyone. But I also wrote wrote about this in my first book where there's seven different personality traits that cancer susceptible individuals um, have. And so one of them was being a people please and just allowing people to just walk all over you and not, you know, expressing that, no, this isn't going to work for me and not having any non-negotiables. And, um, you know, one of the energetic meanings behind cancer is repression of power. Mm. So basically you're suppressing everything and you're not allowing yourself to fully express mm. your true authentic self. Now, <clears throat> I think, like I said, the first is to clean up your environment. What's your water like? What's your home like? What is your food like? Are you moving your body? Do you breathe? Do you get out in nature and get sunlight, right? So these things are part of the intentional living of holism. And so if you don't have any of those down, start there because you might not even need to go to the doctor, right? And I always say for people who are really like in pain and suffering, go see an acupuncturist, go see a naturopathic doctor. Did you know that there's such thing as an integrative oncologist? Mm -hmm. These things, you have to do your research. And like you said, we can't, being your own patient advocate, listening to podcasts like this, reading books, going online and educating yourself, looking up research studies, right? Finding a mentor or a coach that's been through it and knows kind of, oh, here, yeah, like look into this person or look into this person. Tossing it up to God or whoever you believe in and just asking, can you please send me someone or something to help me? Because though that is, you know, those are like the basics to start with, right? Mm -hmm. And so going into, right, let's just say you have stomach pain and you go see a gastro mm -hmm. and they're telling you, okay, you need to go, you need to get surgery. Mm -hmm. Okay, doc, whatever you say, or you need to go on this medication. Ask questions, do research on the medication, do the, cause those medications always have symptoms that come along with it. And so 
when you can start to advocate for yourself, that's when things start to fall in line and people, places, things, books, food start to come into your existence, right? Like that law of attraction. And that's where the true education begins, honestly, because you can't believe everything the doctor tells you, right? They're getting paid by by pharmaceutical companies to give you this pill or to, they get paid for the surgery. Yes, they're really good for trauma. Like if you get shot or stabbed or car accident, right? Like, yes, they're great for that, but they're not good for prevention. They have no clue. And so you have to find other people like myself or you or, you know, acupuncturists, holistic doctors that can help you along the journey. If you are suffering with a serious debilitating disease, that is the route that I highly suggest. And you don't need to do one or the other, right? You, I tell, um, cancer patients and cancer survivors this all the time. If you are going to see an oncologist, great. And let's just say like, I've had someone on the podcast. She was like, I am not doing chemotherapy. She, I believe she had stage three breast cancer. She was like, I'm not doing it. It went against every fiber of my being. And so she found someone, his name is Chris Wark, and he helps people holistically heal themselves of cancer. And he has thousands upon thousands of people who have done that. Right. So, yes, you can go to your oncologist, but you can say, hey, I'm going to hold off on the chemotherapy. But is there anything in in the meantime that you can give me where, you know, any food, like any suggestions that you have? If they say no. okay, cool. Go take matters into your own hands. Go find an integrative oncologist. Go find a holistic doctor or holistic chiropractor, um, someone who's going to help you with you know, like different supplements, right? So for example, black seed cumin oil, phenomenal for fighting cancer cells. But where are you going to learn that? Doctors aren't telling you that. No, (laughs) I learned that from doing my own research and, and finding people who have gone through it and have learned along the way. That's the best place to start. Cool. What's your, uh, how, how do you kind of eat, uh, Jenna? What's your nutrition kind of look like for yourself personally on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I'm super um, basic when it comes to food, like whole fresh foods only. I shop at local farmer's markets. I have my own garden. And I know like maybe that's not conducive for uh, some people, but like go to a local farmer's market, go see what they have because they're not spraying pesticides and herbicides on their food and they probably have more, like their soil is more rich, right? So, um, and then a lot of people will ask me like, well, do you eat meat? Yes, I definitely eat protein. I love red meat. Um, it, it, it all comes down to the quality of food, right? Where is your food getting sourced? Right. So, um, you can, you can check out any types of farmers by you who are raising cattle and, you know, let's just say they're getting like, they're eating grass, right? They're grass fed beef. They're not getting shot up with different antibiotics and hormones and they're, um, you know, they're raised ethically, you can literally buy your own cow and you can buy half a cow, right? You can get the meat from, sourced from those types of, of farmers. Um, you know, you need to look at where the, the source of the food is coming from. So I'm, I'm definitely eating protein. Uh, I'm 
kind of a three to four meal kind of gal where, you know, I'm having like, I, it's a healthy plate, right? A healthy whole plate. Do I have vegetables? Do I have my good fats? Do I have my protein? And do I have my carbohydrates? Yes, carbohydrates are good. Depends on the type. There's a lot of confusion out there and I totally get it because, I mean, that's really the job of the media is to confuse people. So again, finding someone um, for whatever you're dealing with, coming back to the whole approach of different types of vegetables. I know some people who go totally carnivore diet, right? Personally, that's not for me. I know my body needs vegetables um, and I feel good eating vegetables. So you have to kind of play around with what works for you. And this has kind of been something over time. Um, I guess you could say I lean more towards, if we're going to name it a diet, the Mediterranean style diet. It's kind of like a combination of Mediterranean and paleo. Um, my kind of eating style, but yes, I definitely eat red meat. <laughs> Good. Good girl. <laughs> um, what, what type of movement are you kind of currently doing for your body? And, uh, what, what does that kind of look like on a day-to-day -day or every other day basis, Jenna? Yeah. So I practice yoga. I mm -hmm. practice, um, two times a week. Um, whether I'm going to a class or kind of like moving, bringing myself through my own yoga practice. Um, I am currently in the state of where I'm at. I'm um, strength training twice a week and then I'm running three times a week. My running is more sprint style just because that's like what my body loves to do. And I love going to the track and I love feeling fast and powerful. Like that's just what I love. And it keeps like lean muscle tissue on me. And there's so many health benefits to it, but I'm constantly walking. I have a dog, so I'm making sure to get her out a couple times a day. Um, I'm making sure that I'm outside in nature, getting some sunshine. Um, so I am moving around a lot during my day and I'm also listening to my body. So yesterday I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm really sore. Like I'm not really feeling exercising, you know, strength training or running today. So I'm going to do some yoga. And that's what I did. Cool. Cool. Um, in terms of like getting massage or, you know, chiropractic work, kind of like body work from somebody else and not you doing it yourself. Um, do you, do you implement some of that at times or not always? Absolutely. I literally got a massage last night. Nice. Um, <laughs> I get acupuncture, massage, uh, the, the timing in which I get it, it kind of depends on like my week and how I'm feeling. So like, again, tapping into your own energy and saying like, all right, what do I need? Um, and then I get energetic healings done. So, you know, like Reiki or um, there's something called spinal energetics, um, that is like absolutely phenomenal. So it's a combination of like craniosacral therapy with, um, like Reiki energy healing and, um, moving of the body. It's really working on like your spinal cord. Mm -hmm. Um, so things like that, I'm, I'm always mm -hmm. working on, like I'm always getting done. Um, there is actually something called body work as well. Um, and that works more on like the trauma that's stored in the body. So I'll get that not often because it's really potent and really powerful. Um, and then the other thing that I do is called, so people know this as holotropic breath work, um, but 
there are different terms for it, like somatic breath work and, you know, um, things like that. So I'll do that. I don't know, every so often, not too often because it is also very potent where you're working on a lot of things that are trapped in the body. Um, but when, again, I'm, I'm listening to myself and I'm like, if I, if I say to myself, okay, yeah, you need to go for a session then I'm doing that. So those are kind of the things that I, um, that I do. Excellent. Okay. We're going to start wrapping up. I want to ask you, uh, Jenna, uh, what's kind of next in terms of, uh, you know, holistic human performance. You just said you finish up your second book. What's kind of like uh, the vision or the goals that you have business-wise uh, for yourself in you know the next year, two years, five years, however you kind of approach uh, your specific future? Yeah. So right now I am all about creating health and wellness education. So like holistic living education, teaching um, people. And I, 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 creating almost kind of like a university online um, where you can kind of just go on there and and watch different types of videos depending on what you want to learn about. You want to learn about the lymphatic system. You want to learn about the energy system. You want to learn about cancer. So I have different courses and different on-demand videos as well as one-on-one coaching. um, So holistic health and energy coaching. Um, But long-term goal is a wellness center Mm. for sure. From having like the different components of mind, body, and soul. Okay. Okay. You got a, you you got me uh, intrigued here. Talk a little bit more about that wellness center. What, what's the vision for that? What, who and what is going to be in that uh, wellness center? Yeah. So I want to have it where I have this unique, I believe honestly, and I, I think this for you as well. Like I think starting out in the fitness industry was such a key because I see this a lot with people who are, you know, like holistic doctors or maybe, you know, spiritual leaders and and healers where the exercise like isn't a part of their daily practice and they need to like get into it. So I would like a portion of it where it's kind of like gym style you know, where we're working on the functional movement and strength training and doing all those amazing things. And then having a space where it's like the healing aspect. So like the soulful self, where you're getting those energetic healings done, and you're working on the 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 trauma that's stored in the body. So you can like expel that and and really just you're transmuting it. You can't destroy energy. You can only transmute it. And then um, that mind mind part where I'm having, you know, sound baths and meditations. And so some of the different people that I would have that I want in are like acupuncturists, holistic doctors, holistic nutritionists, mm-hmm. um, fitness professionals that are aligned with, you know, our vision and really listening to the client, right? So it's like, okay, how are you feeling today? That's like always the question that I have when I'm working with my clients. How are you feeling today? And then from there, okay, we're going to send you over to this space. Okay. You're going to need to go over here. That's kind of my vision. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely have uh, something in common with you. I, I have something very similar to that, like all written out. Cause I'm like kind of like a visionary type person. I like to write things down. So I might have to send you an email of uh, what that looks like because that's that's super cool. Um, for sure. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna uh, wrap it up here, uh, Jenna. The last question I have for you. So the tagline uh, of the podcast is conversations with those 
in pursuit of more. So uh, the last question I would uh, uh, like to know about, or the last question I have for you is, what are you currently pursuing or in pursuit of? I am currently, well, it really, I, I am currently in pursuit of showing up as my most authentic best self so that I can truly just help other people. And it also, I didn't mention this before, but it comes down to Dharma. So this is your life's purpose and mission and really stepping into that to really cater to more, a greater mass of people. So that's really what I'm in pursuit of and just really being my best self. Beautiful. Love it. Okay. Uh, before I do an outro here, Jenna, I want to kind of give you an opportunity. You've talked about your books. You've talked about uh, kind of the online uh, classes and the different offerings that you kind of have. So uh, if we uh, didn't touch on something that you do kind of want to touch on before we close out here, any final thoughts, any final words that you have, I want you to share those with us. Um, where can people get your books? Where can people reach out to you for coaching, website, online training, all the things that you kind of have, uh, you know, to provide uh, for, for anybody that wants to uh, reach out, where can they find that, where they, where can they find you platforms yours? And then I'll do a quick outro and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Sure. So I would say um, some words of wisdom I have for the people before we wrap up is listen to yourself and connect back to yourself, connect back to your body and just listen to what it is that you really desire. What are your wants? What are your desires in life? And and come back to that. Mm. Um, and then people can find me. You can literally find everything on my website. It's holistichumanperformance.co. You can find my book, A Survivor Story on there. It's also on Audible, Amazon, and Barnes and & Noble. Um, and then you can find my coaching and classes and, and all the things on my website. Um, and then my Instagram is at Jenna Bishaw, G-E-N-A-B-S-H-A-W. Cool. And then uh, in regards to your podcast, I'm assuming, assuming it's available like on iTunes and um, kind of all the major podcast platforms. Yep. You can find it on YouTube, um, Apple, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms. You can also find it on my website. I have a little tab there that says podcast. Um, it's holistic human performance podcast. Beautiful. Love it. Okay. Uh, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on, uh, sharing your story. It was, uh, a, a thorough conversation, a great conversation. And, and I, uh, greatly appreciate you just kind of coming on and, and being candid keeping it real with us. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Great conversation. Yeah, for sure. You're very welcome. Uh, all of you who are tuning into another episode of Curious and Candid. I just want to say thank you so very much. Uh, if you guys would like to connect with me, uh, there's a couple places that um, you can uh, please reach out to me and connect with me. Um, and those two places are, first of all, Instagram, Curious and Candid Podcast. Just shoot me a DM. Uh, email curiousandcandidpodcast at gmail.com uh, with the email. If you guys think you would be a great guest or if you have a recommendation or you have a friend or an acquaintance that you think would be a great guest for uh, Curious and Candid, uh, just uh, send me an email uh, as opposed to sending me a DM on Instagram. Introduce yourself or 
uh, introduce your your friend, your acquaintance, or whoever the recommend recommendation might be. I'm always looking for great people to uh, come on the podcast, share their story, and positively impact those uh, who listen. So uh, please uh, don't be afraid. Don't hesitate to reach out either through Instagram or email. I'm always down uh, to connect with uh, people that are listening to the podcast and great humans. And then uh, if you guys would please subscribe to Curious and Candid on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, also, please leave us a five-star rating and review. And if you guys are interested in holistic lifestyle coaching, you can check out my website and that is awakentrainingandnutrition.com. I appreciate all of you. I value all of you. And we'll catch you guys next time on another episode of Curious and Candid.